All right, welcome back to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. Today, I've got Peter Sorby with me, and we are talking about is fluency more important than knowledge, or perhaps why fluency is more important than knowledge. Welcome to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. I'm Peter Cronin, lead presenter of the Black Belt and Thinking. This is a podcast where we look at all things to do with thinking faster and acting more purposefully. I interview experts in their field to try and provide you with the insights to the way they think and the tools and processes they use on a day-to-day basis. If you find value in this podcast, love for you to share it with others. G'day, Peter. G'day, Peter. How are you? Good. Okay, so is fluency more important than knowledge? Um, I think that In recent times, I've become more cognizant to the conversation of fluency versus knowledge. And being an aged gentleman now, I've had many, many years to gain a lot of knowledge, most of it which you never use. Right. Um, But there's a couple of little interesting stories um, about you know knowledge and fluency and it's just it's just happened recently like like in the last few days i've come across um a couple of people and i've asked them the question you know like if you if you multiply um uh, a positive number by minus one what's the answer and people look at me blankly as i've gone mad and then if you ask them oh well you know i've got a negative number multiplied by a negative number, what's that answer, like minus two times minus two, and put me even more blankly, and then when I go, well, it's plus four, and they go, I don't even understand that. <laughs> I say, well, you learned that at school, you know, like, <laughs> how long ago was that? You know, you learned lots of things at school. Yeah. And, of course, Peter, what's happened is they've never used that since, and it's had no relevance to them whatsoever. But often many of these people in today's world are doing things like spreadsheets and they're producing spreadsheets for people, particularly financial ones that might have um, plus and minus numbers on it. Uh, However you choose to use that, whether it's debits or credits or plus or minuses or numbers being taken away from other numbers or bigger numbers being taken away from a negative and they can't work out um, how to actually do that. And so people are producing information and spreadsheets. And then what tends to happen is the receiver of that relies on it, that it's substantively correct. But what, we, what we've forgotten is that the many people who are producing these things don't have the core fluency of doing that thing. They're just guessing. So, so recently, yeah, I suppose, um, you know, so, so what's fluency, you know, like, I suppose fluency is the ability to use, um, let's call it muscle memory, to go and do a thing. Yeah. Where you pick up a thing and do it automatically, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, it struck, Peter, it struck me as I opened up the link for this um, podcast that I went, oh, God, I hate setting up links. And then I, and then I realized I, I don't have fluency in it. So what happens next is I don't use it, I get somebody else to do it. <laughs> oh, can you yeah. send me? Can you send me the link? That would be a good idea. Yeah, right. Well, I just have uh, I have a keyboard shortcut for my uh, Zoom my my Zoom meeting link. So I just um I just type in 
exclamation mark zoom and hit enter and the computer automatically replaces it with my link. Oh, so there you go. It's very so, easy for me to just drop it into a chat. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Well, that, that deals with something we were going to talk about, you know, like um, <laughs> and what to do about it. Well, there we go. Set up a, sh a shortcut. So but, we have but going back to your point with the uh, Excel, it's interesting because Excel kind of takes a lot of that away from you, right? Like you don't need to know some of that stuff because it does it for you. But if you don't have the fluency, you don't, you don't have the eye for knowing, oh, that doesn't look right. Yeah. You just trust it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that today. Eh? Like um, just as a casual conversation, Peter and I were talking earlier today about slide rules. Huh. Yeah. He, asked, he asked me, did I know how to use a slide rule? Well, I don't now. But when I was at school, we didn't have computers. There was no such thing then. So we had slide rules and logarithmic tables. And I think, you know, when I think back to my days at school, we learned a lot of the core abilities, like to be able to add up quickly and cheats for adding like, for example, our GST is 15% here in New Zealand. So, you know, if something's $20 and you go to add on 15%, many people can't do that without picking up a calculator. But, you know, we just go, well, 10% of that's, you know, 22. And then half of that for 5% is 1. So that's 3. So the GST inclusive number must be 23. Yeah, all that's cool. 12 and a half when I was at school, which was pretty hard, but then there was something, see, I can't remember it, something like you times by eight or you divide by seven or vice versa or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all, all this little fluency is, is all muscle memory. What I, what I think happens today, if people don't have that muscle memory, they don't do the thing, they start guessing and then other people can't rely on it or they don't know whether to rely on it or not. Um, and many people receiving the data in the same position, they don't have fluency either, and they would just yeah. take it as read. Yeah. And so we get the cycle going where um, people don't have fluency and everybody's, uh, many people are guessing, and then eventually somewhere in the chain, somebody goes, oh, hang on a minute. That doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. And just to be clear here, we're not just talking about Excel and software and numbers. We're talking about, you know, Decision making, understanding, understanding the way, well, the way your job works, even in some cases, the way the business works, the way all that sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think of um, business people, you know, and and, and not ha having fluency in certain things um, is is really is really hard work. So, like fluency of um, uh, the key numbers that make the business work or the fluency around um, employing people. Flu yeah, fluency around the things that you touch. So it becomes important to figure out what do I actually need to be fluent in? Yeah. Um, and then there's some key things like in our, in, in our Viago life, we've started to figure out what we call the pivot behaviour. If we can isolate the pivot behaviour, and then figure out the fluency around that pivot behavior, then um, that can make a massive difference. So, Peter, I've got a couple of examples. Yep. Um, so one, one of the examples was this, the simple task of building a spreadsheet. So yeah, right yeah. at the moment, I've got, a, um, I've got a customer who we've realized doesn't have skill in building a spreadsheet. So we've 
So I've designed a, um, a series of exercises for this person to get fluent in building the framework of the spreadsheet so that we can, um, when we receive it, we can understand and clearly see that the sheet has integrity you know, before we start sticking data in it. So that's, that's one example. Um, another example we've got is that um, the fluency of being able to engage and be helpful in two-way conversations. So quite often you might hear two people talking about something. One's trying to do a thing and the other's trying to do a different thing. And they get into an argument and we get these circular conversations going on. And you're the bystander standing back from this thing, listening to it and going, I don't even know what they're talking about. doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and then you yeah. try and offer some help to, to um, uh, get that conversation to make some sense. And having the fluency to be able to do that and then better still teach those two people to have fluency about how to enter that sort of conversation. Um, it's just gold, but we don't have the fluency. So what happens is these circular conversations just keep going on and on and on. And they've been going on for hundreds of years. Um, another one I've got is a personal example of um, I play in a band yep. and um, fluency at using your musical instrument um, gets down to muscle memory. Like we have passages of play that the music goes faster than your brain's got the ability to read each note. So you need yeah. fluency and cheats to be able to um, play what we call a run, like a series of semi-quavers over about four beats. And yeah. um, that's, Peter, that's taken me a lot of practice to get even half good at it. And I'm nowhere near good enough at it yet. And the reason I'm not good enough is I don't have the muscle memory. Yeah. So I have to keep practicing to get the fluency up. Well, what I say, I've heard it in sports a lot. I'm sure it's the same in uh, uh, bands. Is it am amateurs practice until they get it right? Professionals practice until they can't get it wrong? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I put myself in the, <laughs> the amateur category, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I get it wrong too often. Um, and, and, then, uh, and then we can sort of think about, well, why does it matter, you know, if you're yeah. not fluent, we can, you know, like people still live and breathe and earn an income without being fluent at things we think they should be fluent at. But I think what happens a lot of the time is people fake it until they make it. This podcast is brought to you by the BBIT. If you want to improve your own thinking and problem solving skills, visit blackboutandthinking.com to sign up now. And it's good enough. Yeah. But they can't teach others. Or they can't teach others successfully. They can't teach themselves successfully. And I think underneath it, Peter, there's a whole thing going on where um, if you can't teach somebody else and you can't teach yourself, um, that's sort of like problematic in, in many spheres of communication and the way you go about working in a business with others or yeah running your business and I've got an I've got an example um, for me where this has really been um, uh, I, I suppose I'd almost put it in the interesting category um, so going back to these circular conversations what we know is um, in our 
Black Belt and Thinking program, um, it's all about thinking. So having fluency in thinking becomes really, really important because um, if we get better at thinking, we get better solution, stronger solution, longer lasting solution. Yeah. Um, so uncovering people's assumptions with why they say, if I do this, I'll generate this, this need or this um, desire. And then you say, well, why, why do you say that? And they start getting their assumptions out. And for me personally, I, you know, like I didn't even really know what an assumption was. And then trying to write my assumptions down on a piece of paper was just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And then we and then we did this thing called the zombie game. And I'm going, oh right. And then you realise that your brain's blocking you from writing stuff down. So you've got to. Um, clear the blockage in your brain and we do some you know the, the zombie game helps do that because you come up with such stupid ideas that all of a sudden you're writing down stupid ideas and of course at school you were taught not to write down stupid ideas because that was silly and you'd get marked wrong for that so yeah. people, people were trained not to write down silly things yeah but in order to get breakthroughs you know writing down Silly things is um, probably the most powerful thing anybody can do. So fluency at writing down assumptions, assumptions that are in your head that you can't verbalise, but now you are, is a massive one. Um, yeah. Well, I think um, just to just to add to that, you don't sort of get the benefits out of things particularly well until until you're fluent in them either. I, I was thinking the other day, if you're talking to Pieter about this, um, and we're talking about, well, fluency, you know, when if most people think of fluency, probably the word relates most to languages. Like in everyday speech, you hear fluent referring to yeah. how well someone can speak a language mostly. So it's quite interesting because there's quite a, there's an interesting sort of jump that you need to make when learning a language, right? Initially, it's all just um, oh, learning a few words here and there. You start to build up a, a relatively decent sort of lexicon of words that you actually know. That's the right term. But anyway, words that you actually know and roughly how they go together in sentences. But jumping to being able to use that in, you know, like a, a shop or a, or a conversation or something, it's a big jump, right? But that's where it actually gets useful. Yeah, and that's and that's fluency, but it's 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 a it's a funny jump. Like people don't want to, and it's a, I I think it's interesting because the same thing we get with our tools, where people don't want to use the language because they're not really fluent enough in it. They're not comfortable using it because they're not quite fluent enough. But then they don't get any more fluent because <laughs> they won't yeah. use it. <laughs> that's Peter. It's almost another brain block, isn't it? But like. Yeah. The brain doesn't want to do the first, the first step of getting fluent because the moment you say that foreign word that you've never really said much before, or you haven't yeah. said often before, you're frightened it's going to be wrong. Yeah. You're frightened you're going to look like a dick in front of a Frenchman, so you don't yeah. say it. Yeah. And now you're still not fluent. Yeah. So it actually um, leads on to like creating environments, isn't it, for people to be safe whilst they learn this new fluency and they make mistakes and they're 
getting you get them to the stage where they're good enough yeah um, in order to do the first step and it's okay i think that's it i think it's that oh if i just get a little bit more knowledge a little bit more knowledge i'll be okay but that's not the case no you just got you just got to actually do it to build the, the fluency being a theorist that it doesn't help yeah yeah, yeah. so so if we move move on and talk about some of our BBIT stuff, we've yep. got quite a focus now in our um, courseware that focuses on on here's some knowledge. Now increase um, your fluency of using that knowledge, such that when you come away from the course, you can actually deploy that thing like immediately and actually do it and not feel a complete dick when you do it your first time. You actually, you, you, it might be okay to feel half a dick, but not a full dick, you know, like you've had enough yeah. practice to get you over the first 50%, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's really important, eh? Yeah, it is, yeah. Just getting those those small, those uh, uh, small wins, they don't even have to be wins, just wins that you're actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting that, that 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 progress. So I've got I wrote a note down here. What you know, what to do about it, and um, I think isolating behaviours that are key is something you can do, and then mm. invent something to practice. To you know, let, let's call it increase your muscle memory of that thing. So that you can actually deploy it without thinking about it. Yeah. And I think the key, Peter, is if you can then go and teach somebody else about that thing, then your ability to use that thing without thinking about it is massively higher. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I took me. Yeah. I oh, agree. Yeah, it's um, it's actually what you're talking about there is uh, you mentioned pivots earlier, which might not mean much to people, but that's what you just said there is the pivot thing, right? And we talk about pivot games or fluency games or whatever we call them. It's all the same thing. It's finding that 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 switch. So by pivot, we literally mean you pivot from being not an amateur to an expert, but sort of floundering around and kind of getting it. So you pivot and all of a sudden it's like turning 90 degrees or 180 degrees and you get it and it clicks. So we talk about this, you know, a lot of, a lot of things have this and we've noticed, we noticed it first in our tools that while there might be four or five elements that people might use and say like a decision-making tool, there's one part that until people get that part, they kind of don't get it. And then once they get that part, they're done, they get it. But the yeah, it's like, thing, yeah, Peter, it's like the saying, once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, yeah. People need to need to click. And then as you're saying, they won't because they feel like a dick. And that's where the yeah. game comes in. As people are, people are willing to put aside all that, because it's just a game, it doesn't matter. So I'll just do it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll game, the, the best one you can do is like the zombie game, for example. Um, you give people the opportunity to, to game the system or to cheat, so to speak. But, the, but by cheating, they're actually doing the thing you want them to do in the first place and practicing the skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I have a, I have a, um, a little story um, from my past about 
um, about breaking through these barriers of the, of the head blocking you from doing a thing. So in my mid-20s, I was really frightened of talking in front of people. Like a crowd bigger than one was too many. Yeah. And um, this was pro problematic, or this was problematic for me because um, I was in an environment of business that um, I probably at some stage had to speak to more than one person at a time. Yeah, right. And um, so we ended up at this conference um, in Auckland, and I got voted to be the MC for the evening. Oh wow! And I got like <laughs> about three hours. I got like about three hours notice. Yeah. And oh god, I just sank through the floor. Yeah. And um, and then I ended up at the bar, which of course yeah. not going to be helpful either. But that's where I ended up. And then one of the other people um, came up to me and she said, "Oh." What are you worried about? I said, oh, look, you guys have voted me MC. I don't know how it's going to go. Oh, look, I, I just can't do it. She said, of course you can. I said, nah. I said, I'm out. She said, no, you can't do that. I said, well, I am. I'm, I'm out. She said, no, 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 look, come with me. So we went off to her um, apartment, uh, her room, and she said, look, and she was just a little thing, so about five foot five, you know, she wasn't very big, and, I, and here's me like five foot ten. And she said, look, you put my dress on and I'll put your suit on. And we'll go like that. Yeah, I said, okay, what? And you think this is making it better? She <laughs> said, yeah, but it's so mental that everybody will think it's a real hoot. So anyway, so I stuck her dress on, had a big oh, stretch yep. waist on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Managed yep. to get into it. And she put my suit on. She had to roll the legs up in this thing and roll the sleeves up. And away we went. And like I was still scared, but that actually became a pivot for what happened next. So immediately after that, I put the effort in to speak in front of crowds bigger than two. Right. And it and it's carried me right through to this day, really. And made yeah, a right. difference in my life. So I needed to get fluency in speaking to crowds bigger than one. I did that as an interrupt step. And then got brave to only be half a dick when I spoke in front of more than one the next time. Yeah. And then it got slowly better and better and better. And then I, I sort of found I was quite reasonable at speaking in front of people after that. So that's my short story, Peter. Yeah, right. That's nice. So there you go. You, you essentially, yeah, as you said, you got the pivot. You, um, you even... By, by wearing the different clothes, it was the equivalent of a game, right? Yeah, it just, uh, yeah. Took the reality out of it. It sort of mentally takes the reality out of it. No, oh, now you're just having fun and being silly, so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's good. Right, so that's what people need to do. When, uh, I mean, I don't know if you're listening to this, if you're thinking about building your own fluency in something or you're more interested in building your team's fluency in some skill you think they need. Um, but either way, you need to think about what's the, what's the key to it? What, what do you wish that if you did this part better, you'd be all right at it? Or if they did that, if they did that part better, they'd be all right at it. So that's your pivot. And then come up with some way to get it out of the work environment, out of the important environment, and muck around with it a bit and build people's fluency in it in a in a way that doesn't matter at all. I think that's um yeah, yeah that's basically Peter, making a safe environment for people getting their fluency underway. Yeah. Make it highly reinforcing and positive and um, 
just get started. Yeah. Create yeah. a pathway for people to get started and increase yep. influence. Yep. Cool. All right. That's good. Yeah. Thanks for that. And um, hope this episode has been useful. We'll catch everyone next next time. And hopefully by then you've uh, increased your fluency and some skill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Peter, thanks. Thanks for the chat. All right. Cheers. Good on you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.